Hello and welcome to the first episode of Narrative, a journey into the ancient art of storytelling, a place to gather by the fire and share the stories of our ancestors, a place to gather and tell our own tales. Here we will explore legends, fairy tales, myths, and folklore. We'll have conversations around archetypes, history, theology, and the ancient mysteries, as well as having discussions on how it all pertains to our lives. Before stone carvings or hieroglyphs, before the written word, our ancestors kept their stories alive through oral tradition. In honoring them, I also want to continue this path. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Mary Rogers. So why storytelling? Because not only was this the way with our ancestors, ancient mystery schools, the bards, ovates, and druids, stories are immortal. David Engelman said there are three deaths. The first is when the body ceases to function. The second is when the body is consigned to the grave. The third is that moment, sometime in the future, when your name is spoken for the very last time. Stories are our history, our legacy. They surpass time, space, and millennia. Think about the stories of creation and humanity and how the world came to be. Even the stars, the planets, and every single plant and animal that has ever walked, crawled, or flown on this planet has its own story. Did you know that water carries every story that ever was? Water holds the ancient wisdom of the earth, of all that has ever been or ever will be. For we all partake and eventually return to the Ouroboros that is Gaia, delicate and wild, fierce and feminine, primal. Water holds the intelligence of our life force, everything echoed in the quantum realms. Water knew the beginning of time, as it has been said, that in the beginning, waters were divided from waters, separated into the great above and the great below. Water is life. Precipitation gathers and forms clouds in the heavens, and as the sky cries, she rains into the streams, rivers, lakes, and sea below. Water has flowed to and from every land around the globe. And as we humans are made up mostly of water, this ancient wisdom also flows through us. When I think of stories, I can't help but think of our ancestors. The stories of primitive humanity throughout our evolution as species. Stories of those who made a mark on history. Legends and myths, parables and lore. Our own stories. The stories of our lives. 
stories of love, of loss, of hardship, kinship, of celebration. The stories of our grandparents, our parents, our children, our sisters, our brothers, our friends. Literally every encounter, experience, or connection is a story. Every dream, every hope, every wish, every fear. And these stories keep us from ever experiencing that final and third death. Our stories, when shared with others, gift us with immortality. Because in the end, that's all any of us really are, a story. And our lives, nothing more than a tale. And as this is the first episode of Narrative, for today's story, I will be sharing something I wrote about my own life. Please don't be alarmed when it moves from third person to first person. But I would like to tell you a little bit about who I am and what has brought me to this place, even though the rest of my story still remains unwritten. She was a small papoose when her mother walked out of her life. She had an old soul about her, this one. Riveting gaze telling of things seen that others have gone entire lifetimes without. She kept her eyes on the horizon for surely there would be better days. As time marched on, she grew from a child into a maiden. The transition was difficult to say the least, growing up in a spare the rod, spoil the child Seventh-day Adventist home. Her world held an occasional dandelion where darkness seemed to abound. She had a life she was both terrified and ashamed to confess. Soon, dandelions were replaced with dead roses and cacti. Under threat, she learned to let her mind wander. She still dreamed of better tomorrows, but her clarity was growing shrouded amidst the dark fog of her mind. She held on to hope and treated it like a mighty flower growing and expanding within her breast, like a sunflower searching for the light. Somehow, this made it easier to endure the abuse beatings, the verbal slurs, the dinners consisting of canned dog food, vomit, and other bodily fluids that met the madness of the dark temptress. She found comfort in a pretend world all of her own. She would create art through black ink, staining pages of white, and this would bring calmness and peace. She buried her long curly locks in books and journals. She created a secret garden safe and secure within her mind. And this is where she went when forced to don costume changes, the suckling of an adult's breast, a photo shoot to delight the mad. The abuse she endured were the things nightmares are made of. And the day finally came when all light left the land. She found herself trapped in the dark confines of her mind. 
The water fountain that flowed so vibrant in her dreams was now dried up. The plaster cracked from overgrown tree roots. The grand castle she once erected had now crumbled and all that stood was remnant of what once was. Great columns overgrown with ivy and moss. Her secret garden, now a serpent's den, was no longer a safe place to play. Where she was once able to see the horizon, she now only saw thick fog rolling through a dense, dark forest, cockroaches and nicotine-stained walls. Where she once heard laughter, she now heard a million bats in flight. Holding herself tight, she felt so alone in this cold, dark world. But the day finally came when she plucked this flower from her breast, this thing she once called hope. She cried rivers of tears as she realized hope was bullshit, and surely God must hate her. For she had read her Bible since she was but two years old. She grew to realize she was a mistake composed of God's wrath, and surely no one would or could love her in a way that made her feel safe. So without hesitation, she emptied a bottle of sleeping pills and swallowed them without regret. This was a desperate act, but she was so tired, so very tired. She was done stumbling in the dark without a light switch in sight. She was tired of being bruised. She needed a life jacket to cling to, but in the swells of life, she slowly followed the tide and let it pull her under. 20 years later, I heard her heart beating in an animal-like panic. I couldn't escape. The candle's flame seemed to grow brighter, the shadow dancing in anticipation of what was yet to come. Out of the darkness, her eyes resonated within me, perpetuating rage and darting with fear. I could smell her sweat, a feral, wild thing, about to escape. That which had begun as a whimper quickly became a guttural scream of madness, raw and familiar, an exorcism of sorts. The hairs on my arms stood on end. My head went light as my heart started to race. In one swift movement, everything came crashing down around me. In agony, I realized I was bleeding, my wrists cut, gauzy flesh exposed. Looking at my reflection, I realized I was alone. I had shattered the mirror and found an odd sort of comfort in the distorted image of myself. For she was I and I was her. We were one. Right now, I want a word that describes the feeling we get. A cold, sick feeling deep down inside. When we know something is happening that will change us. We don't want it to, and we can't stop it. And we know for the very first time 
There will now be a before and an after, a once was and a will be. And that we will never again be quite the same person we once were. I imagine it's the feeling Eve had as she bit into the apple or Hamlet when he saw his father's ghost or Jesus as a boy right after someone sat him down and told him his pa wasn't a carpenter after all. For me, this was that moment. As I gazed at my shattered reflection and homicidal hooded stare, I knew with clarity that there would now be a before and an after, a was and a will be. I've always trudged the line in murky water, but this was an all-consuming darkness. I was caught in a landslide, my own downward spiral. I was the cracked mirror of my own dreams. When I was 17 years old, I wanted to travel with the African Children's Choir as a chaperone. But during the 1994 Rwanda genocide, all flights were canceled and I had to come up with a new plan. I started working with animals shortly out of high school, quickly navigated towards humans. I tried my hand at conventional medicine, but would often find myself waking to the aroma of ammonia salts. Knowing it was my calling, rather my destiny, to work with others in a healing capacity. I ended up spending my time working in medical administration and management for almost 18 years. In 2014, my biological mother, who I came to know as an adult and who was truly my best friend, passed away. It was exactly a year and a day from when my sweet baby bear died within my womb. Two years before my sweet father would also cross from this realm. Up until then, I had done a great job of playing hide and go seek with the demons in my life. My skeletons were neatly packed and stored in a closet. They were carefully wrapped, labeled, and all tied with pretty bows. But the sudden permanent loss of my mother put me in a tailspin. And before I could blink, this Pandora's box of secrets burst open. And I utterly and completely lost my shit. To quote Brene Brown, what looked to others as a nervous breakdown was really my own spiritual awakening. On the surface, it looked like my entire world fell apart. But really, I was in the process, in the midst of a very beautiful and powerful rebirth. In 2015, I began to write as a way of healing, to speak my story out loud. In order to do this, I had to go into the shadows and sing over the bones, the fragmented pieces of my soul. I had to give them voice and recognition. I had to bring them to the light in order to release them and free myself from the chains that once bound. I started on my own quest, howling into the night, allowing my heart to follow the ebb and flow of the tide under the waxing and waning moon. 
I began to heal using my words as my past collided with the present and my entire world collided with reality. I was thrown to the wolves, but I returned, leading the pack. I returned, howling new stories untold, weaving together magic, myth and mystery, folklore and fairy tale. And this all led me to my real passion, my destiny. It clarified the legacy I hope to one day leave behind. In 2014, after my breakdown, or really my breakthrough, I towards the priestess path through the womb mysteries. Immersion with the goddess and healing my emotional and mental self is what propelled me towards an in-depth study of comparative religions, mythological studies, and the old ways. As a natural-born entrepreneur, a Reiki master sound healer, and an accredited certified life coach with a love of words, theology, and comprehensive research, and as one who's obsessed with anything in the time of antiquity, I found myself longing to start a mystery school. I wanted to pass down the ancient knowledge and wisdom teachings of old. These sacred teachings were labeled a mystery because they were to be concealed to the masses. They were given to an adept only after initiation and the teachings weren't given through an online course. They were not readily available or accessible. It was all very shrouded in mystery. In fact, most of the initiates weren't even given end goals or information as to how to acquire the inner wisdom that came through the oral tradition of storytelling. Instead, a story would be given to an initiate. And the expectation was that through contemplation, meditation, the adept would come to their own necessary conclusions. The stories would unravel, unfold, and show them pieces of their own lives, pieces of their hearts, their souls, work in the world, maybe where they needed to heal. Because the work and insights were, and always will be, an inside job. And so it is my hope that through the retelling of my own tales and the stories of old, that it will help lead others into the sacred halls of Amenti that have been lying dormant within their own hearts. Because I have come to know and understand beyond all philosophy, ideology, or religion, that the seed and seat of the gods resides within each and every one of us. We all have stardust in our bones. The DNA of the gods runs through our veins. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Narrative. If you were moved by today's episodes and looking forward to future broadcasts, be sure to hit subscribe. And as always, likes and shares are always welcomed. And donations are always appreciated. I had a great time with you today, and I'm looking forward to spending time with you again next week. Yours truly, XOXO, Mary Rogers. <laughs>